Welcome to episode two of the ImproPod podcast. Today in the studio, I have Alice Boyd-Taylor. Hi, Alice. Hello. <laughs> What's your connection with improvisation? Are you an improviser? So, yeah, I guess to a certain extent, I'm an improviser. I've been experimenting quite recently, actually, but with uh, improvising through the medium of spoken words. I'll see if I can improvise a spoken word poem from some words that the person has given me. So I, I do enjoy the sort of playfulness and the unexpectedness of improvisation. So I guess a sort of connection to improvisation, yeah. So I'm going to play you a tune. I'm just going to make it up on the spot. Yeah, and I want you to tell me, what does that make you think of? Some kind of emotions, thoughts, ideas that mm, come to mind. Okay. sort of opening chord of that I felt was like quite a warm chord it was quite a warm place to be in so I think it reminded me quite of like the sunshine and perhaps early summer or late spring sunshine where it's like warm and and not really that chilly but it's still kind of quite fresh then the the faster like lilting like lyrical improvisation that kind of then took me to some something sort of quite aquatic or like maybe a stream or some like tumbling water and it was really interesting because then I started sort of finding myself following this stream on its own journey with the music and there was a point where it started getting a bit lower a bit more unsettled and it felt almost like the sort of narrative of a stream towards the sea and the sort of tumbling of the rocks and the stronger force of the of the waters it gets down there and it was definitely afternoon type time and it was quite a settled place in a moving way <laughs> mm-hmm. what was it that made you think about water yeah I guess like the notes themselves felt like they were kind of swirling and eddying in a similar way that a stream might be doing like spiraling around each other a little bit but in quite a sort of fast way going a bit up and down and over here and round and twisting and playing with each other it was quite playful and sort of spontaneous and fast in a sort of eddying way (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to give you a word and I want you to tell me a scene or a story based on that word and the word is cake oh yeah cake okay I used to work in a cake shop actually which was a bit of a plot twist in my life because that was never really my dream to become a cake shop worker but um I was sort of of that age of 
latter teens and trying to save and not really that bothered by my job. But I ended up working in a cake shop with a fantastic pun of a name called Cake-A-Doodle-Doo. And <laughs> I remember one morning in particular, it was Christmas Eve and it was a really busy um, day because we only had half a day and we're trying to pack the shop up for a long Christmas holiday. And I think I'd been to like some kind of party the night before or late night shopping or something. I was not feeling the freshest I'd ever felt that day. And I had arrived with no time to eat breakfast beforehand and I was just fading fast and there was busyness happening left, right and centre. And I was like, the only thing I can do right now to save myself from this sort of descent into hangover and overwhelm is to really quickly eat some cake. And <laughs> so there I was surveying all of these cakes and being like, what is the most breakfast like? And we had three-tier Victoria sandwich cakes and three-tier coffee and walnut cakes and chocolate brownies. And I was just like, they're all a bit too much to tackle right now. And then I looked at the brandy Christmas cake with like, and I was like, you know what? That is exactly, that's gonna be the one. And um, cause it was so busy. I just had to eat this huge wedge of brandy <laughs> Christmas cake and like three mouthfuls. And it was just, it was just this fantastic way to eat cake because you're kind of not meant to eat Christmas cake that way at like 10 in the morning, massively hungover, really fast, <laughs> pretending you're totally fine in front of your boss. But to do it because it's so not what you're meant to do, it just feels like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> F the system. <laughs> this is so liberating. I can eat cake however I want. So <laughs> that was my favourite cake story. story. <laughs> well... I'm now going to create a piece of music based on your story out of nowhere. Right. right? So, yeah, let's just see what happens here. That was great. I feel like that captured definitely something of the cake journey. And I particularly love the ending, how it sort of ended on that really held but quite bass note, which is kind of the cake settling down into yeah. the digestive system <laughs> and grounding me. And that's reached a good, a good end point of grounded satisfaction. <laughs> I mean, I was sort of going for chaotic. Yeah, I like got that. Chaotic in a cake shop, which was quite hard to do musically, but I kind of tried to... <laughs> make it a bit sugary or something and then like there's the moment of discovery yeah i heard that all of that noise and 
confusion just disappears because yeah. you've seen the cake and now you're thinking about and then after that I was kind of going for a moment of should I do this you know it's the uncertainty that yeah maybe this isn't isn't the best course option in the morning you know <laughs> to be this. this is what no one has ever recommended yeah. <laughs> and then finally it's like the triumphant kind of oh that was a good idea you know <laughs> screw the system <laughs> And it was actually really nice to have that sort of pause in the middle. And I definitely got that that was sort of that key transition point from like disaster pre-cake to sort of what's going to come next. And it was, it gave the piece like a really nice sense of dynamics. That's quite pronounced variation in pace. I always feel like that gives a piece of music or whatever some real flavor because it's the contrast between the fast and then the sort of silence he really gave it a lot of good shape so we've got another story let's see what about cars oh a story about a car that is very bizarre and semi-dramatic ellen had just got a new car it was a black audi and she parked the car up just like a sloped car park. We bought a ticket, got out, went to the beach. We're having like an evening barbecue at the beach. And then about 20 minutes later, our friends Sorrel and Nino turned up. The first thing they said when they met us on the beach were like, did you see that car in the hedge? And we were like, no, there wasn't a car in the hedge when we were there. And they're like, yeah, it literally plowed through the fence at the bottom and it ended up in a tree at the bottom of the car park. And we were like, what that is insane that's crazy then we're talking about it who how how does that happen how do you ever crash in a car park and then at some point and i was just a bit like what kind of car was it and they were like oh it's a black audi and ellen was like oh dear jesus i think that's my car and then we all went up to this car park and it was her car but had ended up crashing through the fence at the bottom and had saved itself from going into the beach by sort of going into a tree and being held in a tree. <laughs> and to do that, it had gone through two rows of parked cars and had just somehow, in a perfect straight line going down from where it was parked, there were gaps in the in the parked cars so as it didn't actually crash into any car it just gracefully slid through this gap in the parked cars picking up momentum crashed through the fence and ended up in a tree there we were all of us somehow we managed to actually push it down from the tree get it in the car park and this time ellen was like i am really gonna yank on the handbrake lesson has been learned narrow escape has been had the car was fine. I got a lift with Ellen back home in the same car. It was totally fine. It was just a very sort of crazy, bizarre situation to have happened. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, here we go.
Yeah, I love that. I like the uh, the journey it went on that matched the journey of the story where it starts, like we're saying, in that sort of summertime by the sea and it's really nice and relaxing. And then that very much sort of dissonant chaos of like, oh God, there's a car that's in a tree. And the tumbling of the car, going through the car park and that tumbling realisation of, ah, this is a very tricky situation. But it never felt totally sinister. It always felt like somewhat comical because there wasn't ever a point where it was really scary, like, oh God, someone's going to get really hurt. It was always quite a comical situation, if a bit chaotic and a bit stressful. So I liked that there wasn't that sort of undertone of darkness. It was just this kind of dissonant tumbling but quite funny and then to sort of go through that then end again in a sort of cyclical manner to come back to a similar place where it began ah summertime by the sea and everything's fine again yeah so just you pick that up the difference and so it's quite a subtle difference sometimes between that eh? yeah something that's comic and then well in music anyway yeah and, and even comedy itself almost i think works on something that's slightly uncomfortable so the sort of subtle difference between comedy that's working on something that's slightly uncomfortable and that's what makes it funny and something that is just uncomfortable because it's scary to then do that through music to convey those different types of uncomfortableness it is it is like going to be subtle i guess it almost kind of had the narrative of like what a novel story would be of like the beginning the sort of building action of the chattering the climax of the car tumbling and then the sort of denouement of the the resolution that we're back in a nice beach again one last story i think yeah three is a three is a magic number so the word for this story i'm thinking travel how about a tropical travel story ah okay yeah tropical travel I was traveling with some friends in Meghalaya in India and we were staying in this sort of guest house and we were like, let's go for a walk through the forest. <laughs> so that's what we did. It wasn't like a, you know, we weren't going crazily off the beaten track. Got down into this town, which actually was on the border to Bangladesh. And it was a market town, but we sort of arrived a bit late for the market and I remember there being like loads of guards on the border because it's quite a troubled border, I guess, between India and Bangladesh. But anyway, I remember trying to then leave this town to get back to where we were staying because we just had totally underestimated how long the walk through this forest would take. And trying to hitch out of this town and like hours and walking along the road. And eventually we got picked up by this pickup truck and it had like a singular giant jackfruit in the back and I just remember sitting in the back of this pickup truck and it was fully dark by this point with uh, with my two friends and just gliding through the Indian Bangladesh border in the night time and it was both very romantic and adventurous and also very very strange that we were just gliding along with this jackfruit rolling about and I don't think we even made it back that night we just ended up in another town and then ended up staying, it was a very sort of random escapade. But for some reason, this was another tropical country. This this image that I've forgotten for a while of like, pickup truck, jackfruit, gliding along some bumpy roads, really came back like, ah, that was a bizarre and pleasant moment. <laughs> we didn't think we'd be gone for two days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay, all right. 
music time then. I just really loved that as a piece of music. It had a lot of depth to it and a lot going on. I liked how there was that sense of deep unease. It wasn't an unsafe place, I didn't feel like, but it was a very troubled place and that gave it this edge. Army stops with guns and you really conveyed that sort of dark energy that the other pieces obviously didn't have. They were, they were a bit more comical and I liked how you conveyed that darkness that carried across a lot more and the fact that it was the night time as well yeah i, I enjoyed that kind of going for the they call it the harmonic minor scale you see it in classics like lawrence of arabia it's like the archetypal sort of colonial exotic yeah, yeah. scale <laughs> but yeah, having previously played musical instruments a lot more that was always my favorite scale or, or things set in harmonic minor. There is a real niceness to them. <laughs> <laughs> it has sort of a unsettled sort of leadingness, like it's almost seeking a resolution, but also at the same time, it also feels a bit displaced. You almost don't expect it to quite go to that space. Was there anything that like, you took away from, from this session? I loved this, I had great fun. Yeah, it just really reminds me of how fun playing with art forms and art mediums can be, how there's such a sort of spontaneous fun and excitement in improvisation. It's not this pre-controlled idea of what it's going to be. It's very playful and spontaneous and a bit risky. And I just, I love sort of connecting to art through that kind of medium of yeah, what's it going to do? Let's play around a bit. Let's see what happens. You know, you can't really go wrong because no one set any rules and it's that, it's that sort of lawlessness of it that I love. Well, thanks very much. That was very insightful, Alice. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Join us next week for episode three of the Impro Pod podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>